What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another Review Point podcast coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and my target to review for this edition is, I believe, the 17th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is Thor Ragnarok. And if you know the score by now, uh, you know that every single one of these Marvel movies has some good stuff to offer and a couple little nitpicking kind of things, but they usually end up being uh, pretty much a thumbs up. So before we get into too many of the spoilers and stuff like that, because this will have spoilers, I want to just uh, put out some opinions that are non-spoiler out there for everybody in case you are wondering whether or not you should see the movie as far as a see it or skip it type of deal. Uh, yes, see it. It is fun. There are a lot of good points in it uh, that I'll be getting to a little bit later on of why I like the movie. And there's a couple things that didn't sit well with me as far as like the entire lore of everything, but I can't really tell you too much of that without getting into the spoilers. So, uh, generally speaking, this is a thumbs up. You should check it out. It's fun. If you like the the normal Marvel movies, you're going to enjoy this as well. So it's something that you should be pretty much used to by now. You're going to have a lot of laughs. You're going to have some serious moments too. It's going to continue the story in a nice way. And by the time you get to the end of it, you're going to be waiting for the next Marvel movie, even though it has completely nothing to do with this, which is uh, Black Panther. So I don't think we're going to get too much of a cohesion between these two, but Hey, you never really know. And, um, I think that this is one of those things where if I start getting deeper into the things that I like and I dislike, then you'll understand why I necessarily liked this, uh, disliked and liked certain parts of it and stuff like that. But that's the spoiler side of things. Just wanted to put that uh, non-spoiler stuff out of the way. So from now on, there will be spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie yet and you don't want to know what happens, bookmark this, go watch the film, come back and check it out later. But if you don't care about spoilers, or maybe you're the type of person that wants to know the spoilers to know whether or not they would like to see the movie or not spend $20 to see it in theaters or something like that, then, hey, by all means, just wanted to put that warning out there for everybody. And if you don't know what the Review Point podcast is, it's pretty simple. You do your hits and your misses, the like, uh, things you liked, things you didn't like, positives, negatives, pros and cons, whatever you want to call them like that. So I'm going to bounce around. I'm not just going to do all hits, all misses. And I'll just kind of go uh, stream of consciousness here, which is sort of why we're about three minutes into this, and I already told you that I like the movie. Um, first things first, uh, the tone of the movie is pretty much on par with what we've been seeing lately. Marvel has really been steadfast in their idea that these films need to be funny, and that's something that can be a little bit bothersome, and there's parts where I look at myself and I go, you know what? I really wish that they would have, I don't know, looking at myself, I'm looking at Marvel, uh, thinking to myself that I wish that they had a little bit more gravitas to it and a little bit less jokey, jokey stuff, but it's still fun. So the jokes land and most of the jokes are really funny and some of them are not as funny as other ones. And that's a subjective thing too. You can find some things absolutely hilarious that I didn't laugh at. And there's parts that I laughed that you might think is not funny at all, but I do generally like a lot of the comedy that's in this movie, which I'm a little bit surprised about because I didn't think that this would translate as well. And when I look at like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, that felt like it was just jokes for the sake of jokes. And this felt more on par with what I like out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where it's a story and it's got a purpose to it, but there's just jokes along the way. Uh, good way to put it 
is when you watch Ant-Man, Ant-Man is a very simple story with jokes that peppered uh, in throughout the whole thing. Guardians 2 was a very, 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 very simple story because they couldn't really fit too much other plot in there because they had too many jokes. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, very funny movie. Very simple plot, and it's a totally different animal in a certain way than some of the other ones and stuff. Uh, Thor Ragnarok was sort of a hybrid. It felt like a bit of Dark World, but in the best ways, not the good, uh, the bad ways. It wasn't like, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say that Dark World is pretentious because it isn't, but it's just sort of up its own ass a little bit. Like it's not as good as it thinks that it is. Kind of, I guess you could, uh, could say, but it's kind of a combo of Thor: The Dark World plus a little bit of like the Civil War type of attitude of kind of like bringing some people together and forming a team and some different things like that. A little bit of Avengers, a little bit of, uh, obviously guardians of the galaxy because we have the cosmic type stuff and the tone itself. Thumbs up. I liked it a lot. That's a hit. Uh, I am always looking forward to a bunch of cameos in this movie and the other ones. And we had plenty of them in this one. I mean, we've got in one tower alone, man thing by beast, Beta Ray Bill and Ares. No references to Beta Ray Bill, which I thought that they should at least do one because this is an adaptation as very, very loosely as it is of Planet Hulk. And Planet Hulk's not really all one of my favorite stories. I actually really, really didn't like that animated version of uh, Planet Hulk. I thought that it was really bland and just not interesting at all. But it is a standard type of story that, I mean, it's weird to think this too. This is uh, one of those things that is kind of crazy. We spent decades with these characters before the nineties. And when you look at a lot of the things that are informing Marvel's opinion of what stories they should do for this MCU, a lot of stuff is coming post nineties. A lot of it's actually coming, you know, uh, 2000 something onward. It's weird that in these past, like, 20 years, essentially, we've gotten bigger stories that are really changing a lot of things, like the Civil War story and the uh, Planet Hulk and a lot of different things like that. It's really kind of crazy, but it's really interesting, too, because it shows that even though we're not probably going to get something like Doctor Doom holding everybody ransom in a battle world type of thing with another Secret Wars... Uh, we could get Secret Wars, and that was from, I think, the 80s, if I remember correctly, like the mid-80s. I don't remember for sure, so don't quote me on that one. But, yeah, it's pretty interesting that, like, there's not too many things that you can really draw from, like, the 70s and stuff, other than, like, the baseline stuff. I mean, we know that, like, for instance, one of the things that I thought was really cool is there used to be a running gag in the comics where Thor would use his hammer as a walking stick. And that was how he kind of used to hide the fact that he was Thor because they did still have that whole secret identity thing and he was Donald Blake. And uh, thankfully, the movies have not done that and they haven't done that thing where he has to hold on to his hammer constantly. But they did a little side kind of reference to it where it was an umbrella this time around. And I thought that that was really cool. So you have some inspiration of some old style stuff from back in the day and like clearly Jack Kirby 
was just all over the place on this one, which was really, really cool. And you've got some more modern stuff too. So they kind of mesh it all together and it works pretty well. But I love the cameo stuff. Uh, Fenris Wolf, like uh, that, you would have told me that there would have been that in there. And uh, before we'd get to some of the other things that we've gotten to, like we still don't have Fantastic Four, but we've gotten Fenris Wolf. Like it's kind of crazy. Um, I am a big fan of no Jane, no Darcy, and no Selvig. To me, those characters, more so Darcy and, and Jane to a certain extent, uh, you know what, Selvig too, they were really hindering this franchise. Uh, Selvig was all over the place here and there, and I I don't understand really why he was given that much to do. And Darcy was just annoying. She was just somebody that they didn't need. And Jane, clearly Natalie Portman didn't want to do these movies anymore. And we don't really see that much chemistry between those two compared to what some other offerings could be. So I am a big fan that they were not in this movie. They didn't need to be. Thor's got plenty of other stuff to deal with. He does not need to be bouncing around with Darcy. Very, very cool fight inside the Bifrost. That was one of my favorite little you know, random kind of things that I wrote down in my notes. Tons of jokes that are great that I, I can't even remember the majority of them. But uh, if you see the movie, obviously you'll you'll kind of pick up on some jokes here and there that are really funny, like uh, Thor being naked, uh, not Thor being naked, uh, Hulk being naked, and uh, the whole raging fire thing. And you've seen some of them in the commercials too. You know, the trailers are showing off that uh, he's a friend from work type of thing, and that was really fun. Oh. Actually, there's one that I thought, I mean, this is, of course, I told you before, spoilers and stuff, but one that I was really glad that they referenced, which was that Loki is just, like, petrified of Hulk. And when Hulk picks up Thor and smashes him around back and forth, Loki's so happy about it. And he's just like, yes, that's how it feels. And I love that. That was great. Um, let's talk about some characters here. Thor, in this movie, feels like... Uh, I guess like the natural progression of Thor, you know, you start the first movie off and he is very cocky and very arrogant and very angry. By the end of that movie, he's much more noble and we see pretty much the noble Thor in Thor, the dark world, not very jokey, very like serious. And I just, I have to do my job and this is my duty and whatever. But the more that he is confident that he's kind of cleaning up these messes and stuff, the jokier that he can kind of get. And it's unfortunate that there's parts of the movie where I don't think that he should be joking that he is. And that's a little bit testy, but I do really like Thor in this. I don't like how they cut his hair. I'm pretty sure that that was a Chris Hemsworth thing that he just didn't want to have that long hair all that time. Uh, but Hey, wear a wig. I don't like the short hair look too much. And I kind of wish that they wouldn't have done that. I'm also not a fan of how he lost the eye. And I know that that's something that is like, there is like a basis for it in the comics a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, he lost Mjolnir and I don't like that. He lost that either. So I'm hoping that they don't just do Stormbreaker because especially like we already didn't see beta Ray bill and, how's he going to get Stormbreaker? And it's a whole big thing like that. But that's one of those mysteries that you're supposed to just sort of go like, well, what's going to happen in infinity war? He doesn't have his hammer and like kind of take everything out of captain America is on the run. And Tony Stark has like no confidence and eventually vision's going to lose 
his brain, I guess you could say. And Mjolnir isn't there for Thor, and he's missing an eyeball and all that. But I think that there was a little bit of a missed opportunity here, and I don't know if there is a precedent for this in the comics for sure, but I kind of remember it possibly being a thing. One of my favorite things about this movie is Odin. Odin, uh, well, Anthony Hopkins has a good little scene where he can play off being actually Loki behind the scenes. It's a really cool thing, uh, funny with a bunch of actors portraying the characters, like Matt Damon is Loki, and uh, Luke Hemsworth is Thor, and Sam Neill is Odin, and it's really funny. Uh, But the only other part with Odin in it is that he has realized that his life is about to end, and that it's time for Thor to pick up the slack and uh, just kind of fulfill his destiny. And when he fades away and stuff, it's really a, a beautiful scene for like a transition for this is going to suck because we don't have Odin anymore. And he's been there for like thousands upon thousands of years and such. But you need to uh, kind of take the good with the bad. And it's even though you're losing that type of a character and we're not going to see Anthony Hopkins anymore, it's a necessary thing. You need to sort of progress to the next part in your life. And I really liked that a lot. I liked how he faded away. I liked that he was here in Freya or Freya. They they, they say both kind of, but I, I always thought that it was supposed to be Freya. Uh, maybe it's like Freya or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but I liked how, there was that kind of a thing with Odin and that he could kind of see him a little bit in Valhalla, which I'm assuming that's supposed to be Valhalla with that little connection with Norway. But I think that when Thor lost his eye, I was waiting for Odin to give him his other eye and make it like some kind of a, an otherworldly connective tissue type thing where Thor loses that eye, but he gains Odin's eye and it gives him even more wisdom and it's just sort of like, Maybe not necessarily that he actually physically gives him his eye because it was just like a, a kind of see your life flash before your eyes type of thing. But if I would have seen Anthony Hopkins get his hands and essentially pluck out his own eyeball, but it's like a thing of energy and he just pushes it into Thor's eye and then Thor's eye magically heals. I think that that would have been really, really cool. And another alternative is if you don't want to do something like that, we end up with Loki at the end, and he's with Thor. And he, I would have liked to have seen him say something like, instead of when he says, it suits you, having that uh, eye patch type thing, maybe have something where he says, like, I can help with that or something like that. And he has, like, an illusion that he puts on there to make it look like he's got his regular eye. So that way, maybe Thor is missing his eye, but we don't have to have Chris Hemsworth wear that eye patch the whole time. You know what I mean? Just something uh, that was a little bit of a miss on my part. And um, I'm also thinking that a miss is we don't get any information about the Soul Stone. And this is kind of making me curious because I would have figured a great, great way for them to do that Thanos theory of the uh, T, Tesseract, H was blank. Then you get the A for the ether, the N for the necklace, O for the orb, and S for the scepter it's a little too coincidental that they've had that be the case. And I know that they could say like, yeah, well, uh, even though the orb and the scepter are what we called them, the Tesseract as well, the ether, the necklace thing is like, well, you know, you shouldn't really necessarily say that that's just necklace, but it's like, oh, come on. It's a necklace. I think that it would have made a lot of sense for Mjolnir 
to be the soul stone that the H could have been hammer. And that could have been the reason why Mjolnir has that function of being able to test if people are worthy. Missed opportunity, I think. I know a lot of people wanted Heimdall to be, but Heimdall's in my meh kind of range for this movie. Heimdall, I don't know why he was given preferential treatment. I understand that maybe it's because it's Idris Elba, maybe because he has some kind of connectivity to the other side of the universe, and then they're going to use that for like a message for Thanos or something like that. But, yeah, like... <laughs> I wasn't really too worried about him getting killed. And at the same time, big miss for me. Why do you kill off the Warriors three like that? Now, I know we we didn't get Lady Sif and that's mostly because she wasn't able to Jamie Alexander. I mean, wasn't able to film. So I think their in universe idea behind this is that she was on a mission, which is like, that's good. And that we could get her to come back in the future, uh, especially because I want Lady Sif to be Thor's romantic interest, and we'll get into that when we talk about Valkyrie. But the Warriors 3 just went out like punks. Hogan did a little bit of a fight, but, I mean, uh, Fandral and Volstagg are just sort of like, all right, I'm dead. And that sucks. They didn't even get a send-off. They didn't get anything. I was really kind of hoping that there would have been something at the end of the movie where it was like the people that Hela had killed were like being saved from Valhalla and that could have been something with the soul stone. Like Thor needs to use the soul stone to like revive their souls or something like that. That would have been kind of interesting. That could have been like the eternal fire is some kind of connection with the soul stone. And that's the fire that they forged the hammer in. And I mean, it could have been something like that. I don't know, but I didn't like how they killed off the warriors three. Didn't like that at all. Uh, no Midgard serpent. Not a fan of that. I know that that was supposed to be something that was supposed to be involved in a lot of things. But we did get Surtur. And Surtur looked awesome. Clancy Brown is one of those best voices that you could possibly do for that kind of thing. So big fan of Surtur. Big fan of him actually being the cause of Ragnarok in that kind of a scenario. Uh, Let's see here. We got Korg. Korg was very funny. Uh, Taika Waititi playing off this character in a way that I wasn't really expecting. And it was fun to have him be like, uh, kind of quirky like that a lot. I of course liked Loki. Loki's one of the best parts about the whole MCU. I mean, Tom Hiddleston just knows this character and he just, what what can I say? He's Loki. He's always going to be a plus. Hela, great villain in certain capacities, a little bland in some other ones. She is just kind of like power hungry and that's the end of it. But Kate Blanchett's been one of those actresses that I've always thought was overrated. And even though she's not going to get any kind of Oscar awards or anything like that, I liked her a lot in this. I think that she worked out really well. What I will be annoyed about, though, is she was kind of a hybrid. She was like a dark god, butcher type, also kind of the Enchantress, which we didn't get the Enchantress, and that pissed me off a little bit too, especially because Scourge is dead. So Scourge was just a non-executioner Asgardian who died. That's not good enough for Scourge, man. Like, I wanted Scourge and uh, Enchantress in some kind of a movie in the future. Still kind of hoping for Ulick Troll and stuff, too. But uh, we'll see when we get around to that kind of stuff. I didn't like that they killed off Scourge. I think that he should have stayed alive, and he should have been one of those people that was just kind of one of those extra... Uh, extra Guardians, and at this point, it means that we're pretty much never going to get Balder, 
and we're pretty much never going to get some of the other kind of, I, I mean, we're not going to get Angela. I highly doubt we're going to get Angela. So there's, there's things about that that I didn't like. I, I didn't really like how they just killed off Scourge. I'm about like 75, 25, as far as the idea of changing Hela it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for her to be Loki's daughter. And I, I know that that's the mythology, but the mythology is like crazy, man. That's like the wolf is Loki's son. And it, it's just insane. So the idea of her being Thor's sister, I like better. So I, I like that. And there's, uh, I kind of wanted her to be not related. And I kind of wanted her to be actually the personification of death and that they could tie that into Thanos and they could do some kind of a thing with that because I think that Cate Blanchett not being killed off would have been kind of interesting and if she seeks out Thanos and that kind of a thing, which they still could do something like that. I mean, they, you know, that's we're dealing with the Infinity Stones and shit. Like, everything could be kind of crazy. Big fan of the Grandmaster in this. Uh, Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. It's going always going to be a hit. Hulk. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie, if not my favorite part of the movie, seeing Hulk be Hulk, seeing him talk, having him be the character from the comics. He's a big, dumb brute who's angry. And this was, this was our best Hulk so far. I'm pretty sure. Also at the same time, Dr. Strange. I, I have to say it's a miss when it comes to the gloves because I know that it's comics accurate for him to have that color gloves, but it just looks so bad, man. Like they really need to figure out something else for an alternative for that. It's terrible the way that it looks, but having Benedict Cumberbatch pop in and having him be so advanced now in how much he's like progressed with his powers and such really good little cameo there. Really fun to bring him in uh, shows that he's got a connection to Thor now. So when he pops up for Infinity War, it's going to like make a lot more sense. And that Thor is going to be one of those people that's going to have to bring in the Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange to certain people and kind of explain a lot of the cosmos and different things like that. Uh, not the biggest fan of Valkyrie. I was never really a big fan of the Valkyrie character from the comics. It's one of those characters where it's sort of like... Uh, I guess like the best analogy that I can put is... To me, the Bat family, if you're talking about Batman, you've got Bruce Wayne as Batman, Dick Grayson as Nightwing, used to be Robin, now he's Nightwing, Jason Todd used to be Robin, then he got killed, then he became the Red Hood, Tim Drake becomes Robin, they should have given him a separate name, like that kind of a thing. And really, I think that Tim Drake shouldn't even exist, but that's another story for another day. And then Damian Wayne. And as far as the Batgirl side of things, Batgirl is Barbara Gordon and she becomes Oracle or maybe you keep her as Batgirl. And I don't like Cassie. And to me, Stephanie Brown is better as just spoiler, not as another Batgirl. And uh, I don't like when you get like you get Lark and you get Bluebird and you get you get. Batwoman is just, I, I don't understand the point in Batwoman, the same as I don't understand the point in Superman having both Supergirl and Superboy and then having the dog Crypto and Monel and Power Girl. It's just these extraneous type of characters. And Valkyrie to me is extraneous to Thor. Thor, in my mind, works best when it's Thor 
Lady Sif, the Warriors Three, Loki, Jane as like the connection to Earth, and like I don't really even give a shit about Balder, even though I said Balder earlier, and Heimdall is a part of it, of course, and Odin and Freya and everything like that. But I, I don't like Valkyrie. It's just sort of like, well, how, why don't we have female Thor? And uh, same with Angela. I don't like the idea of Angela, really. So this version of Valkyrie was like, well, she was an interesting enough character. And I know that people are going to be pissed and saying like, well, you should have had a blonde haired white girl for that. And it's like, yeah, who fucking cares? Heimdall's black. You know, like, does it really matter? That kind of a thing. It's Valkyrie. Nobody's going to be upset. It's not like you're recasting Captain America and making him uh, uh, an overweight Hispanic woman, you know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense like that, but Tessa Thompson did good enough for her part. I just don't really like the Val- uh, the Valkyrie character too much. And for her to be like the replacement and possibly a love interest for Thor in the future, I hope not. I would like to see Lady Sif come back instead. And I also just kind of wish that it would have been like Lady Sif instead, uh, playing that part. Of course, that doesn't make sense as far as like the Sakaar type stuff, but you know, whatever. It's just a matter of like, uh, I, I don't really want to, if we don't see Valkyrie ever again, I'm okay with that. That kind of a thing. So she's not quite a miss. She's just like a meh type of thing. Somewhere in the middle, kind of like Heimdall in this movie and kind of like uh Selvig in the first movie. It was like, I didn't really like Selvig too much, but they served a purpose, whatever, that kind of a thing. So what this boils down to is the movie was good. It's not going to be my favorite of the Marvel movies. I'm going to later on today, maybe even while I'm editing this uh, video and such, I'm going to go and update that list on fanboys of the ranked order of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So let's see where that goes. Probably somewhere around like a little bit lower than Homecoming. And I'm looking forward to Black Panther because that looks cool. I'm going to watch every Marvel thing no matter what anyway, even though like Inhumans sucks and I just, that's not fun at all. And the Defenders was disappointing and Iron Fist was disappointing. I'm still very interested in Punisher who will have absolutely no connection to Thor whatsoever because they do not seem like they want to have any kind of connection between these TV and movie universes anymore, which is really a shame, but eh, you know what happens. And uh, yeah, thumbs up. Like the movie, fun. Uh, I would recommend it and hopefully you guys enjoyed it too. So let me know what you think by leaving a comment below and tell me, uh, tell me what you think. <laughs> a little redundant there. And if you want to be aware of the next time that one of these videos pops up, make sure you hit that subscribe button and check off that you want notifications. Follow us as well on Facebook and Twitter at fanboys anon on Twitter and at fanboys anonymous on Facebook. And of course, check out fanboysanonymous.com itself for any of the articles that are going to be popping up that aren't actually videos because that's not how that works so that's it for me for this edition of the review point everybody thanks for watching this it's time for me to geek out adios